It's good to see you in the house of the Lord. I really, really, really enjoy Wednesday nights. And so bless you if you're here live. If you're watching by live stream, you're glad you're with us. If you need a Bible, get your hand up and our ushers will get you the word of God. Once you get it, go with me to Philippians 4. And as you're getting your Bible and turn it to Philippians 4, you know what we just did? Just, just get real quiet before the Lord. You know, I, I've had people say before, I, I don't believe God still speaks anymore. Well, the last time I read my Bible, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever God. And so I still believe he speaks. And just a, just a great little nugget of truth came from the prophet Elisha. And he was going through a time, man, it wasn't easy in his life. And this is 1 Kings 19, if you want to study it. And, and he thought God was going to speak to him in this massive way. But the Lord spoke to him in a still small voice. It's exactly how it's quoted in the Bible. Now, think about a still small voice. That means you got to get quiet. And I think part of the issue with us, we live in a world where, man, we're always running. We're busy, we're busy, we're busy. But I believe with all my heart, if we would learn just to slow down throughout the day, and take these, these still small voice moments, these pauses to say, Father God, I need to hear from you. I, I believe he'll accommodate us. He's waiting to talk. And I got to get myself in that position. Okay? Just a little homework assignment for you. I, I wish I could tell you I was an expert at that. I'm not. I'm still in a learning process of that just to get real still and Get my mind still. Anybody have you ever sat down before and your mind's just racing? Man, my mind will race. My, and so I got to talk to my mind. I said, be still, be still, be still. And so you've heard me talk about this, but I believe it's very important that you get to that place where you get in the presence of the Lord. All right, we begin in Philippians 4. Now, I'm going to tie this in with our tithes and offerings tonight. Philippians 4, verse 6, and we read this and we read this and we wear this verse out and it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, not for everything, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And so what happens here is these anxieties attack us. And when anxiety attacks us, he said the first thing to do is to pray. And then through prayer, he said, thanksgiving. Now, I'm not giving him thanks for everything. I'm giving him thanks because the things I'm in, the anxiety, the mess I'm in right now, I can give him praise. And when I give him praise, it's literally saying, I give you praise because I trust you. I've seen your faithfulness. So what begins to happen is instead of complaining, I give thanks. And it's a form of worship. So even on those lines, you may be here tonight and you may have anxiety in your life off some financial situations. God's faithful. I'm telling you, he's faithful. So I, I want to go back a number of years ago in my life and we, we, were, we were broke. We were poor. We didn't have nothing. Let me say this. It's not a sin to be poor. It's just really an inconvenience. So I've been a place in my life where I've had more month than money. Anybody had more month than money? Man, it went on for several years, and we tried to do it man's ways. We tried to do it our ways, and, and we were broke, busted, disgusted, never to be trusted. We had nothing. We lived on barely get-along street. 
And so we begin to study the word of God. And me and Shelly, we just said, we've got to step out by faith and let's start doing it God's way. And let's start honoring him with the tithe. Was it a stretch of faith? It was huge. So in order to do that, there was areas of our life that we had to cut spending for a season because again, you can't have a harvest until you get seed in the ground. And so you got to get seed in the ground and to keep a continual harvest. I, get, I, get, I keep planting seed by, by day, by day, by day, by week, every paycheck. I plant that seed. I give God that and I say, here I am, Father God, I'm honoring you. Now I can stand before you and I can tell you this. I believe with all my heart that I would still be broke and poor if I wouldn't have taken that step and begin to do that. And I'm speaking to some of you right now. It's going to stretch your faith. But I'm telling you, it's a huge blessing. And so I get the privilege at times of hearing people's testimony, getting people's prayer requests. And so just a minute ago, we were down here worshiping and one of the ladies here who, who's just, just become so dear to me because of her testimony. She's down here worshiping. Billy, where are you at? Stand up, Billy. I want him to see you now. I'm going to really embarrass you, Billy. Stand up. It's, this is Billy Ortega. So Billy, about a year ago, she's here at church and she said, Pastor, I've worked this job for like 12 years. I've never gotten a raise. And so all the, the, the men and women praying that night, we just said, I said, how many of you believe Billy should get a raise? We all raised our hand. It was unanimous. So we got the prayer of agreement. All of us were in agreement. Billy needs to get a raise. So we begin to pray. Well, let me tell you this. She began to honor God with her tithe. And she got a raise. She got promotion. I mean, it just started hitting right and left, right and left. And so talk to Billy after the service and she'll tell you, we have a faithful God in this area. We got a faithful God, okay? You got to trust him. Come on, let's pray here. Father God, we love you and we, we thank you for testimonies here, just how good you've been to us. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, that we can trust you in every area of our lives, that you're faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Couple quick announcements. Remember, now listen, after the service, if you've got teenagers, you've got to get your little blessed assurance down to that other end, or they're going to fire me tonight, okay? I've got to get you down there to a meeting. Also, um, we, we've got these groups that start Sunday night. Be sure and go on the website and check those, and then you can still uh, sign up for the marriage retreat. Now, I, when, when people tell me good things, if you tell me something good, you better look at me and tell me, Pastor, don't you share that because I'll share it. And sometimes I'll share it even without your permission. So I, I've been sworn to secrecy for a couple of weeks here. Man, I'm, it was hard for me, but I can do this now. So Daryl, you and, you and Monica stand up. Yeah, I'm gonna embarrass a lot of people tonight. I'm gonna make a lot of you stand up. This is Daryl Hill and Monica Williams, Dr. Monica Williams. We're gonna get to marry them on Saturday morning. Praise the Lord. That's a good thanks. Praise the Lord. We're, we're proud of both of them. It's been incredible to be around them. Just a blessing. So, hallelujah. Just another. I'll, I'll think of something else to get someone to have to stand up to before the night's over. Turn, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. We'll be in Proverbs for a little bit. I'm going to dive into the power of the Word of God. And then I'm going to get, depending on time, to an area of faith again. You're going to Proverbs 4. As you're turning there, the prophet Hosea, in Hosea 4, 6, he said, 
My, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Knowledge. My, my people are ruined because they don't know what's right and true. Now, the only time I find out what's right and true is I got to get into the word of God. I, I got to begin to gain biblical knowledge. And so this is kind of the set in the table where we're going. So we begin Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, give attention or pay attention to my words. Listen to all I have to say. Incline your ear to my saints. Do not let them, my saints, my word. Don't let my word depart from your eyes and keep them in the midst of your heart. Fill your heart with the word of God until it penetrates and it soaks in. Day by day by day, week by week by week. Verse 22. For they, my word, are life to those who find them. Now, what, what a statement about his word. But there's an opposite that when I don't find his word, they're not life anymore. There's an opposite to that. And so what happens? I live a, a death-like existence. That's the significance of getting the word of God in him. And, and, us, and he said, and they'll be health to all their flesh. So remember the importance of truth being given. You got to get in the Bible. You got to get in the word. I challenge you to, to start your day in the word of God. And I'm not talking about quantity. I'm talking about quality. Remember this, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what happens with it, we get disciplined that we feed this natural man three hot meals a day and we feed our spirit man one cold snack a week and we wonder why we're starving to death physically. Now, let me ask you something. Do you have to write on a calendar or do you have to put a reminder in your phone to eat? Thank you, whoever said that. You're right. No, we don't. We know when to eat, okay? So we got to get that same way in our lives spiritually. Where I say, man, I, I got to get into the Word. And, and the Word of God, it, it gives me the same as natural food. It gives me the vitamins. It gives me the nutrients. It gives me the energy. It gives me everything I need spiritually. Turn to your right to, to Proverbs 13. As you're turning to Proverbs 13... The most predictable way to hear from heaven is to read and apply God's truth day by day. It never changes. You want to hear God's thought on the matter? Just get in the Bible. His, his Bible is the blueprint for our life. Proverbs 13, verse 13. He who despises or ignores the word will be destroyed. Now, when you hear the word, you can blow it off. You can say, I don't want to, you can do that. But he tells us at the end, there's destruction that will begin to come. He ends in verse 13 and says, but he who fears the commandments of God or the word of God, he who fears them, he who honors them, he who reverences the word of God will be rewarded. When I honor the father's instruction, I'm rewarded. And remember what the Lord Jesus said in John 14, 15. He said, if you love me, obey me. So it's easy to give lip service. It's easy to have vocab. I love you, I love you, I love you. But the proof of the pudding's in the eating. 
Man, I got to be a doer of the word. I got to obey him. Now, you're going to see this play out tonight. In Psalms 119, don't turn there. Psalms 119, verse 89, it says, forever my word settled in heaven. Forever. He said in Psalms 119, 105, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It becomes a guide in our lives. We got to have it. We got to have it day by day by day by day. Now, go with me into the New Testament to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. I'm just going to, you'll know the parable when you get there. But I, I need to build my life on the foundation of the word of God. And it's never too late to do that. I, I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you didn't grow up in the church. I don't care if you just gotten born again recently. Start building the foundation of your life off of the word of God. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, whoever chooses to hear these sayings of mine. Now, I'm just going to stop right there. He said, whoever hears these sayings of mine, what's the significance of hearing the word of God? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and notice what I said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's not a one-time event. It's over and over and over and again. And so when, when I hear the word of God, what begins to take place? I, I feed my faith and I starve my doubts. So he says, whoever hears my sayings and he does them. Now, you can hear the word of God all day long. But nothing happens until I, I become a doer of the word. Now, in James 1.22, James said this. Don't, don't be a hearer only, but be a doer of the word. Because if you only hear the word of God and you don't do the word of God, it says in James 1.22, it says, you deceive yourself. You're in deception. And so... He, he begins to talk here and he, he, he tells us, you, you got to hear the word of God and then you got to apply the word of God. Now keep going with me here. I will liken him to a wise man. Now, now think just a second. The person that takes the time to hear the word of God and begins to do the word of God, he said, I will liken him or compare him to a wise man. One translation says, a smart carpenter. Why? He who built his house on the rock. And so the rock is unshakable. It's unshakable. I'm going to come back to this rock here in a minute because I got some scriptures that will blow you off in a good way. I mean, you're like, man, that's good. It's like a rock. So the word of God is, is not this incidental addition to your life, but the word becomes the foundations of my life. I built my house on the rock. Verse 25. And the rain descended. The floods came and the winds blew 
and they beat on that house. Now, some translations would say, when the rains come, when the floods come, when the winds blow. And so when you read verse 25, it's not if so, if not maybe so, it's gonna happen. The storms of life are coming. And if you look at the word, those words are plural. And note here, he said, the rain descended. That's plural. We don't say rains, it's rain. The floods, plural, and the winds blew. So again, when you look at what he's talking about, you're going to have storms in your life even when you're wise. Even when you get the word of God in you and you become a doer of the word. Oftentimes, the storms of life what locate me. It's, it's easy in life when you're, when you're going downstream. You just let the river take you. But when you got to start swimming a bunch against the current, you begin to find out what's really in you. Do I really know how to swim? So the rains came, the winds, the blue, and they beat on that house. But it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Now he says that word again. So I begin to read here. Now, I'm not going to have you turn there because it's going to take too long. But I'm going to quote this. You may want to write this down. This is 2 Samuel 22. The first verse I want to read to you is 2 Samuel 22, verse 2. Listen to this. Oh, it's good. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Now, it's interesting here when King David said this. He said, he's my rock. Same chapter. Listen to this. Ooh, this is 2 Samuel 22, verse 31 and 32. As for my God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all those who trust in him. Verse 32. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? I'm telling you right now. So when you see this, what he's talking about, man, God's our rock. He's, he's a rock that doesn't roll. He's good for the body and great for the soul. And God, God is incredible. He's the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, they hear them, but they don't apply them. They don't work them into their life. Listen to what it says here. Will be like a foolish man. I believe it's the message says he's a stupid carpenter. Well, that kind of hurt, Pastor. Well, I didn't write the message translation. Who built his house on the sand. Now think about the sand. The sand's not a firm foundation. It's not a sure foundation. And so what begins to happen here is the parable of the wise and the foolish illustrates the absolute necessity of doing the will of God. Do what God told us. Now look what happens in verse 27. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and it beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. So now we're going to go back and look at this. Man, we're going to look at it pretty good in detail here for just a minute. When you read this passage, there's two men in the story. In other words, to me, he's telling us there's two types of people. Both of them had the same opportunity. How do we know that? They both heard the word of God, so they had the same opportunity. 
And so there's three things in common here. One, they both built a house. Two, they both heard the words of Jesus. And three, both encountered violent storms. Both of them. So it doesn't matter if you're a doer of the word or not a doer in the word. Life's going to come at you. So what you begin to see here to start with is the similarities. But now we begin to look at the contrast. And he says one would be a wise man. And the Bible defined for us what a wise man is. He's not only the man who hears the word of God, but he obeys the word of God. He applies the word of God. Now, if you were here last week, we got over in John 8, verses 31, 32, and John 15, verse 7. Both talked about abiding in the word, living in the word, continuing in the word, staying with the word. And so the Bible right here defines the wise as when I just stay with the word. I just stay with the word. Now, that, that is a word to some of you. Stay with it. Stay with it. Well, pastor, it's not working. How do you know it's not working? God's working even when we don't see it. He's working. So we see that. The second is the foolish man. But he heard the word and he unwillingly wouldn't apply the word of God, the spiritual truth to his life. And so we begin to see another contrast, the foundations. One's out of the rock, the one who hears and applies. The other's out of the sand. He hears and doesn't apply. Now, just for a second. I'm going to get in your business, okay? Because I love you. <laughs> Which one describes you? Are you wise or are you foolish? Now, if you're wise, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you're foolish, man, you can jump on board still right now. It's not too late to start saying, I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going I'm to begin to be a doer of it. And so... The real proof of whether you're wise or a fool is do you stand or do you fall in the storms of life? <laughs> it's a pretty simple parable here. And so the big question is this. How long do you want your foundation to stand? Do you want it to last when the, run, when the, when the winds come? Or do you want to be like the sand and every time the storms of life, every time all hell breaks loose, I fall. I'm a triple threat. I stumble, fumble, fall. It's amazing what, what the Lord Jesus just teaches us here. So just this little bitty four-verse teaching, man, moves me into a direction. I got to get in the Word, and I got to begin to apply it. I got to begin to become a doer of the Word. So you're hearing the Word part. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of the faith part here just for a little bit. Turn with me to Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. I, I hate to tell you this, but I, I am a spiritual meteorologist. And I, can I tell you the forecast? Storms are coming. Storms are coming. What, what's the percentage of that? It's 100%. They're coming. When? Well, I can't predict that part, but they're coming. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me they're coming. So we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Some define Hebrews 11 as the faith hall of fame. 
What begins to happen in Hebrews 11, if you were to study it, you would begin to see this phrase here, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Over and over, it's full of men and women of God. And I love to read these, by faith, by faith. And so to help us just a little bit with the word faith, remember the simple definition of faith is, I believe God's telling the truth. I just believe that God's telling the truth. And so these people got in the faith hall of fame. You know why? Because they just believed God was telling the truth. So we look at Hebrews 11, verse 5. Now, this is interesting. This is a good one. This is one that I don't think in my entire life I've ever preached on this. By faith, Enoch. So it tells me right here, this guy named Enoch, he believed God was telling the truth. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Now, you know what that literally means? This guy named Enoch, or Enoch, however you pronounce it, if I'm, if I'm butchering it, forgive me, okay? He was one of two men in the Bible, him and Elijah, that never experienced death. So when it says God took him out of here, you know what that means? He just did a Peter Pan. He's gone. Just. Now, that's one of the replays when I get to heaven. I want to see that one. I say, Lord, I want to watch that rewind. And so this is what it's talking about. This just didn't happen. Because remember, it starts out and it says, by faith. This was a man of God who built his life on faith. He believed over and over that God was telling the truth. So we go on and keep reading. It says, for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So there's something in here that, that the testimony of his life was he pleased God. Now, I don't know about you, but man, I, I, I love that. And so it got my attention. How did this guy please God? What did he all do? But because... He had to please God before he died. The way he died wasn't what pleased God. The way he lived was what pleased God. So you look, it says he pleased God. Now, jump with me to Hebrews eleven six 6, because I have preached this verse. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. But we know that Enoch pleased him. And so for Enoch to please him, that means he began to understand faith. And he said, I'm going to do my life because I trust God. So it says here in Hebrews eleven six, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But he is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I begin to look at that and I think, oh my gosh. This guy named Enoch, he, he pleased God. But not only did he please God. He's a reward and a reward of those who diligently seek him. So I began to look and I thought, this guy's in the faith hall of fame because he diligently sought God. Now, to help you just a little bit more, some of you got intriguing minds like mine. I said, Lord, I, I, I got to know everything I can about this guy named Manic. Go with me to Genesis 5. Genesis chapter 5. Now, this is where he is. He's in, the, he's in the front of the Bible. So when you get to Genesis 5, you, you start getting all these begots. 
Larry begot Curly and Curly begot Mo. And I mean, it's begot this and begot this. And before long, I begot so tired, I quit reading. <laughs> sometimes when you get into these genealogies, the bloodline, sometimes it's very important. Keep reading in there because you'll find some nuggets in there. Actually, there's one in two chronicles with the prayer of Jabez. He's stuck in there. So we're not on Jabez. So we're on any. Genesis 5, verse 21. Enoch lived 65 years, and he begot Methuselah. So he had a boy named Methuselah. You want to know a fact about Methuselah? Maybe you didn't know this. Methuselah was the oldest dude in the entire Bible when he died. 969. That dude saw a lot of stuff. <laughs> he saw a lot of stuff. Okay, back to the story. After he begot Methuselah, now listen to this. Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. Okay, now we got to go back to Hebrews 11.5. What did it say? He pleased God. How did he please God? He walked with God. He walked for God. He lived for God. And so you know what that begins to tell me? This was a man who trusted God his entire life. He said, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to walk with God. Walk is a verb. It shows me that his life was committed to him. So we keep reading here. He walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Now, it's interesting. It says twice in two verses. He walked with God. He didn't get in the faith hall of fame for no reason. And so when I begin to look at, at men like this in the Bible... It becomes a challenge to say, man, I want to walk with God. I want to walk with God. And it's interesting that it starts listing his children, his sons and daughters and all of them, everything. I, I believe because of his walk with God, man, it got off onto his family that his children walked with God. His children had an insight on this is what my dad did. He walked with God. These things are powerful when I begin to see them. And so what would happen if we begin to have a desire to say, oh God, not only do I want to please you, I, I, I want to walk for you. I want to walk with you. I want to walk in you. I, I, I want to please you. And without faith, it's impossible to please you. But Father God, you said in Hebrews eleven six, you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I begin to connect all the dots. He walked with God. He pleased God. He sought God. He hungered for the things of God. And because of that, God rewarded him. Wouldn't it be pretty cool if some of you in here just Peter panned out of here and died and I looked at people and said, we didn't, have, we didn't bury him. They just up and... Because they sought God. They walked with God. They loved God with all their heart. And so I'm going to have you stand up here. And just a couple things off tonight. I got to stay with the word. I got to treasure the word. 
And then remember this. You're going to build a foundation. And at Home Depot, you got, you got two material. That's it. It's all they have. And they'll say, we'll load you up with rock or we'll load you up with sand. And then I become either a wise builder or a foolish builder based on my choices. That's what Jesus said. And then the dabble of faith, we just, we're going to just begin to dabble in faith a little bit. We're like, oh my gosh, Father God. I want to be a man, a woman of God that says, I believe you're telling the truth in your Bible. I believe you're telling the truth. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where we're at. You feel comfortable raising your hands to heaven. You're more than welcome to do that. Father God, we come before you right now. And Lord, if your word hasn't been priority in our lives, we ask you to grace us. Grace us, Father God. Grace our ears to hear the word. And Father God, grace us to believe you're telling the truth and take us even further, Lord, that we would apply the word. We would obey the word. We would do the word. And Father God, right now, I, I pray that you're gracing us in here to be men and women that say, on the last day of January, January 31 of 2024, Lord, I'm going to start building my house on the rock. And so, Father God, right now, his hands are raised here, Lord. We ask you to grace us that the eyes of our understanding, that Lord, you said in Hebrews 4 that the, the word of God would become alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, that it'd be a discerner of our thoughts and the intent of our heart. And so, Lord, we ask you to breathe in that. And Father God, as we get ready to walk out of here, we pray right now, Lord, that you would grace us with the evidence. I want to please you, Father God. I want to walk with you, Father God. I want to live for you all the days of our lives. And Lord, we thank you for that right now. And we just ask you to breathe that on us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.